My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I give them in a shade. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah, so who are we talking about today, Matt? trip like that right off the bat i was telling jen that there's a no real good way to describe a trip like that to somebody especially a real deep spiritual trip because it's like describing a dream you know you you try to tell somebody your dream and it's like i can't really describe you were there and it looked like this and there was a dog but that doesn't get the message across of what you felt in the dream you know and what was going on you can't really describe it so i always tell uh, tell people that it's like describing a dream but Describing a dream. Uh, tell people that it's like describing a dream, but right off the bat. Because right off the bat. It's like describing a dream. Right off the bat. But trip like that. Right off the bat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. To the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Mark, rolling solo, no co-host today, but that's all right because I'm going host to host with my man Joe from the Legit Bat podcast. Joe has been doing the Legit Bat podcast since about a year now, right? August 2020, you guys got started and you've really hit the ground running. I mean, great guests from the start to this day. I was one of them. And uh, here we go. Now you're joining me on this show. Dude, how are you, how are you doing today? Good, man. Just uh, thanks for having me on. I love, always love these one-on-one combos. You know, we're, we're, especially things like the Union of the Unwanted, it gets so hard to actually talk to people when there's 15,000 people on the screen. So I'm always a big fan of the one-on-ones. And that's exactly why I asked you to do this, because for the most part, all of our conversations have been in a group context. So I wanted to get to know you better, as people might already know. You're a member of the cooperative I founded. Your podcast is, like I said, been going on since 2020. What got you interested in podcasts in the first place? Because I could tell by the first guest you've had on that we definitely listen to similar podcasts. Like you got, you had Miguel Connor on real early. You had, you know, some really big guests right off the bat. So you obviously have good tastes in podcasts. What what got you interested in this in the first place? Well, we kind of started out, the actual basis of this whole show started out about two years ago, but I drug my feet on it because I'm like, there's a bajillion podcasts. I don't, world doesn't need another one, you know, stupid, stupid people talking stupid shit. But I had bought some microphones and then the microphones sat around for six months. And then I realized those microphones weren't going to work. And then about halfway into the lockdown last year, I was like, dude, we need to do something. I'm so bored. Everybody's being stupid. Everyone's wearing masks. Let's, let's do something. And me and my brother just had kind of an idea to talk, you know, like he calls it the the fireside chats. You sit around and we bullshit and we think we're hilarious at the time because we're drunk or whatever. And we were like, you know what we should do? Just set up microphones when we do this. We do this every night. We sit down and have drinks and, you know, tell stories or do whatever. So we uh, 
It's a lot different than we thought it was going to be a little bit more of a, a learning curve. And, but it's actually been a great learning experience throughout, like, you know, the, all the people we've met, all the great minds we've talked to, it is really nice to have other people on that are a lot smarter than you, but we've learned so much in the last, I mean, it's been almost a year. I can't believe it's been almost a year, but we ended up the guests we got on. It was just I just reached out to people. Uh, I had a bunch of people ask me like, how did you get, you know, Charlie Robinson on and uh, Miguel Connor and all these people. And, and then Tommy Chong, thanks to you. I, I was like, I, it's actually not as hard as you think. You just reach out to people and people in this community are generally super receptive. want to get the word out there. Most of them aren't doing it for the money, obviously. And that was the other thing is it didn't actually start out as a conspiracy slash, you know, whatever the fuck it is we do now. But it leaned that way just because of the timing, you know, halfway through the pandemic, we were seeing a lot of bullshit going on. And I'm like, the guests we got on, it just kind of led into that. But you wouldn't know it by the title of our podcast, obviously. So I, I think we probably would have got more exposure if we had more of a, a truther name, but we were happy with the name. So yeah, the, as far as the guests go, it was it was way easier than I thought. Everyone was so nice. I just, I'd Instagram message people or email them and they'd get right back and schedule them in. And here we go. I mean, we're booked out for about a, a month now. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you're absolutely right. There is a, such a community vibe to podcasting. It really isn't uh, competitive in that way. We can all share time with each other, but yeah, I'm curious to know if you listened, like if you had a favorite you know, podcast before you started your podcast, because that was that was me in that, you know, same time frame. I was delivering Amazon packages. I was listening to podcasts all the time. And I had done one podcast with Sam and he invited me back on again. And the podcast I had, it was really a YouTube show. It wasn't really going anywhere. And I just said to myself, like, yeah, there's no reason why I can't do that. And you, I'm, I'm minus that limiting belief from my life. And just in the same way you described with guests, it's like, as soon as you got over that limiting belief of like, oh, these people don't want to talk to me and you realize, oh, wait, no, they, everybody's pretty fucking cool. Then it doesn't really feel that different reaching out to a guy like Tommy Chong, even though, you, you know, for him, I just had him on my show too, as well. And it's like, I told my mom, I'm like, Hey, you had Tommy Chong on my show. That's probably the only guest she's, she could recognize that I've had on the show thus far. So yeah, man, it, it's really uh, impressive. Definitely. I think you guys are doing a great job. Well, thank you. I, I didn't think it would even get anywhere close to this far and it's not like we're huge, but there's a dedicated, you know, group of people that listen every time we put out a show and it always blows me away every time. I'm like, I can't believe people are actually clicking on these shows we put out, especially since we take a pretty, I mean, compared to some of the other shows, we take a pretty lighthearted approach to a lot of these, you know, rather serious topics sometimes, but it does get serious once in a while, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it really blows me away every time. And then to get added onto Rockfin was another big thing. Cause I, I've never messed with video before. I had barely got the audio down for our regular show and, and then we got, you know, added into Rockfin and that's a great, great community over there too. So I had to figure out a lot more things with video and we're still dialing stuff in. It's, it's a never ending, you know, learning curve with that, but it's yeah. been fun. That's the biggest thing. It's been fun. That's yeah. And I resonate with that. It's always, you know, once you get past that initial barrier of like, can I do this? It becomes so fun to learn, you know, from hosting to the editing to putting music in all the little ins and outs that come together to create, you know, what we're doing. But to take things back further, I mean, obviously, I've noticed you mentioned your show's fun, you keep it lighthearted. But was there a moment in your your life when you had a kind of awakening that led you to be interested in these subjects? Because right, it's not conspiracy, but not the average person listens to Aeon Byte or know who's who Charlie Robinson is. So like you obviously were having some sort of unraveling or awakening before you you had the idea to do the podcast. When did that start? So that's that goes back a long ways because if you want to get into, you know, back when we were kids, uh, we've we've probably told this story a bajillion times, but you have a different audience. So we me and Ben both grew up super Christian and I don't mean just like we went to church on Sundays. I mean like that was my parents' world. It still kind of is, I guess. But so just just growing up like that, we kind of learned from a really young age that some things just aren't adding up. 
we need to question some stuff here because there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense. I, I remember writing my pastor a letter when I was 12 talking like I had bullet points of all these questions from the Bible that didn't make sense. You know, I'm like, hey, what about this? What about this? And he he didn't deliver. I'll just put it that way. He, <laughs> I got a letter back from him and I was like, yeah, OK, you're just pointing me to other Bible verses. I want to hear what you think about this. You're not really answering my question. You're just kind of diverting it, you know, so that. That was probably the earliest example of that. And then by the time I was old enough to vote at 18, by the time I got to that age, I already realized that voting didn't really do anything. And I was kind of alone at that point. My older brother, uh, he, oh, you know, that's all we can do is vote. Like, that's the only way we can, you know, let our voice be heard. And I mean, people have different views on what voting does but i've st i still maintain to this day that it, it doesn't mean as much as at least it doesn't mean as much as we think it does and i've never voted for either party i've always you know either written a name in or you know just done whatever i'm like there i voted there we go and nothing ever changes and that's that kind of cemented in my head that you know see i told you like nothing really ever changes president to president it doesn't really matter but uh deeper than that i mean Growing up, you know, Christian like that, the spiritual aspect, like you said, Miguel from Aeon Bite, I was automatically interested in other religions because I'm like, there's people that actually believe this stuff too. And they believe it just as much as, you know, my family believes their Christian stuff. So I'm going to check this stuff out and see what that's all about. And I studied tons of different religions, you know, Buddhism, the, I went into a little bit of Hinduism more lately, actually. And then I saw the movie Zeitgeist. And I know a lot of people have different opinions on that too, but that was another kind of a red pill moment when I was 17 or 18. And I was like, wow, they really, all these religions really do kind of sound the same that's crazy like the storylines just match up perfect and then more recently with micah dank are you familiar with micah dank of course yeah i was actually i, I booked him on tim fall hat it's funny when i got his email i saw like he was from long island and i sent him my number i'm like hey give me a call you know because i'm on the other side of long island sound in connecticut and and yeah we've been kind of buddies since and actually as a matter of fact he gave me an acknowledgement in his latest book he like put like a little thank you to mark steves because of the shows i've helped him get on Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Mike yeah, we, we love that dude. And that, that, that was probably the most recent mind blower to me. And I think the first time I heard him was actually on Sam's show, but it was such a different way to look at things that I grew up, you know, being taught all this stuff from the Bible and looking at it from his perspective was just such a, I was like, Whoa, you, you, you literally learn new stuff every day. I would have never even thought of it like this. It's a, uh, Oh, what were the other guests we had on that were kind of mind blowing? Miguel was definitely a good one because I mean, if you, the listeners out there haven't heard of Aeon Bite, listen to it. It's heady shit. Like yeah. it's it's over my head a lot of the time because I, I haven't read the whole Nag Hammadi or all these you know old texts, but I've read enough of it to kind of get the idea. And that's more important, I think, is the concept behind the ideas he tries to teach on there. But that was another one that I was just like, wow. I would have never even found this guy if it wasn't for podcasts, but oh, your uh, original question, not to rabbit trail too far from it. What podcasts I listened to before I got into this mysterious universe was a big one. I love those guys. Those Aussie fucks, definitely Joe Rogan. Everybody listens to Rogan, but then I stopped listening to Rogan actually about the time the pandemic started. Cause he started having these kind of like mainstream media talking heads on talking about how, you know, 60 million people were going to die from this pandemic. And this was early in, this is like March. And I was like, wait a minute, there's no way that Rogan actually thinks, oh, what's going on here? And that's a different story, too. We've talked about how I think people at that level have to be, you know, at, at to some extent infiltrated or whatever you want to call it, not to get too tinfoil hat on it. But I just think at a certain level, everybody is at least influenced by something. So I actually stopped listening to that just because I, I got tired of it. But I started with tinfoil hat. And that led me down this whole other trail of conspiracy podcasts that 
basically I've just listened to every day since then. So I don't have time to read a lot because I drive for a living, but I do have time to listen. So I'm an information sponge from like seven in the morning till five o'clock at night. And that's all I do. And I got to bounce around. I mean, you kind of have to take a break and, you know, cleanse the palate from all this conspiracy dark stuff. And I think that's what kind of set the style for our show too, was kind of like a break from the real heavy, deep stuff. Cause like when we have Charlie on or Monica Prez from, oh, you just had her on too. I saw that. Oh, Monica uh, Prez. You know what's Those funny? Are, the yeah. synchro, I looked at, I had Miguel Connor and Monica just randomly scheduled for the same Thursday. And then when I go to like listen to an episode of Grimerica show, because I figured they'd have Miguel Connor on, I looked and I saw that they had Miguel and Monica back to back. And I'm pretty sure you've had Miguel and Monica like pretty close to each other on your show recently, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So I it's just that's just so funny. The the synchros add up. I mean, that's a different Oh, I know. Thing. But but yeah, that we did a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean the the you know, the fact that you're driving, bro, resonates with me. That was that was me. I mean, my bakery job that I had initially, I kind of was like already listening to audio stuff but i really went full speed ahead listening to podcasts and then i got a job as an amazon driver and i was working you know eight hour shifts same thing not all tinfoil hat not all the higher side chats i had my phases where i'd be like okay grimerica show only like for a whole week i would just tackle grimerica show episodes but for the most part what it did is it lit this fire inside me like i could do this myself i have things i'd like to talk about i you know i want to add to this conversation and i didn't even really expect to be talking to guys like you or sam or other people that had podcasts going already as quickly as i had but yeah man i mean it's so funny how it all unravels when you just give it a shot you know yeah that was kind of i told ryan and brandon from dangerous world the same thing that they were one of the first ones i kind of found too last year at the beginning of the whole covid shit and i i listened to their episodes and i'm like I could totally do this. I know I could do this. Once we figure it out, I know I could do what they're doing. I love those guys and their whole style is, I don't want to say we hacked them or anything, but it, I was like, we already do this. Like I, I was like, Ben, I told you we could do this. We just need microphones. Like we need a microphone and a laptop and we could totally do what they're doing. And uh, it's definitely a, a different one. Like they're a lot more knowledgeable about a lot of stuff and we just kind of riff off of them, but it's, and, it's been yeah. a fun ride. And that's the cool thing about podcasting is it's like, Again, no competition, A, but also you're you're getting an authentic experience. To me, it's the same way you would choose your friends. Like if you like a person, you're going to want to spend more time with them. If you like a podcast host, it's a, it's an authentic experience. You almost feel like you're hanging out with the person. And Oh yeah. And you know, my question to you cuz obviously like yeah, Ryan and Brandon, they're very opposites. They're cousins, so they're kind of bound to each other with family ties, which allows them to be kind of even more in opposition than maybe two friends would be. But, you know, you obviously kind of have a similar thing. You got your family, it seems like, right? Jen is your wife or, or girlfriend, right? We just wanted to clarify. And then Ben is your brother, obviously. So, I, my question is how has that panned out? I mean, you do the show with people who are probably the closest to you right i mean how is that it actually make, it probably makes it easier there's it started out as a little bit more of a dynamic between us and ben because me and jen are definitely a little more tinfoil hat than he is he's our resident skeptic not to the extent brandon is but they they actually jive pretty well together too but it's uh it's just been new for all of us so it's hard to like quantify that as far as any other life experience you know we all got along great beforehand and when i first wanted to start it i didn't i didn't really have a goal for it i wasn't like it's just going to be me and ben or just going to be us three or we had no plans we're like we're just going to set up mics and just go mm. and jen was kind of she was uh, not really like hesitant about it but she she thought i was kind of like leaving her out because of me and my brother having such a like a rapport you know i was like no no no. i expect all three of us to be in on this and we're all going to have a good dynamic because we do this all the time and uh, once we started a couple episodes in then jen started joining in and it just got way better because we we all have you know similar views but they're all different so we just bounce off of each other all the time and it's it's definitely kind of brought us closer together because being able to have these crazy deep conversations sometimes isn't something you would do necessarily 
unless you had that intent going into it, you know, like we have a topic we're talking about. So Ben doesn't do research on purpose. And that's part of his style is that he goes into it wanting to have his mind blown by whatever we're talking about. And he has, he's, I told him the other day, he's got a, he had a little red pill seed planted about a year ago and it's just blossomed into this plant coming out now. And he's saying shit now that I never thought I would have heard coming from his mouth about, you know, the government and everything else. I'm like, Oh man, what did I do here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. We, we, I look forward to it. We, we have so much fun just scheduling and meeting new people. And we, we've talked, it's, I think we only have a couple more episodes than you do, but I feel like we've done a 150 shows at this point and it's, it gets actually kind of mashed together at, at a certain point And I have to like take a break for like a week and kind of settle my brain down. You know, I'm like, okay, I, need, I forgot. I have like, you know, real life shit to do. I have to like water the garden, feed the chickens and shit, but kind of some grounding to do, you know, after so much intense conversation, but that's another reason we try to keep it light is to, you know, not, not get so mentally, you know, exhausted from it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it does show, I mean, you guys, like I said, have this lighthearted vibe. I definitely enjoyed being a guest on the show. And yeah, I asked because that's kind of where my mind is with this. It's almost like an experiment, you know, everything I'm doing, you know, we're kind of changing things as they go. And initially I wanted to have like my best friend as my co-host and, and he's taken on the role of like 50%, you know, he, he's a musician. So he does the EQ and the quality and I put everything else together, you know? Oh, nice. So it, it makes me feel like I'm doing all the work, but Jay definitely has a skill that I just probably don't like this ear for music, but yeah. And, and, and as I kind of grow the show, I do want to incorporate more people from my own life but it's funny because like my buddy jay never listened to podcasts and he i don't think he still does you know so it's like almost similar to ben where ben doesn't do research i, I don't know if ben listens to podcasts on his own but jay like he's up to speed he kind of likes this type of stuff but he's definitely like everything's new to him so it's funny to see how he's been kind of dragged uh through these different guests i've had on you know the strange waters we've gone into but i think that's how ben feels too the first couple of times he's like who the fuck is this guy and why do i care i'm like no this dude you know he does a lot of research he's written two books you know i, I gotta kind of introduce the guests beforehand to him and he's enjoyed the fuck out of it too i mean just learning stuff from like i said people that are smarter than us has been amazing yeah and that's that's something I always try to do is like, how can we, how can I and the people listening learn something? Cause I'm not trying to be a, a know-it-all. Like I have things I know and all that, but I want to constantly be in this process of learning as well. And I find with podcasting, it's like taking the conversation to the guest. You know, I, I used to love listening to Isaac Wysop, you know, interview or, or not interview, but be interviewed. And now I had a chance to interview him, you know, and found some things were in common, but it's, it's really cool. You're like stepping into the matrix, you know? Yeah. You recently had Joseph Farrell on the show. What do you think of him and this Giza death pyramid or what is it? I'm, I'm, totally messing that up is this Giza star matrix something like that he wrote that fantastic book it's really just kind of like uh wild really well i i need to actually get that book or i mean not you know getting the book sounds like a good idea but actually reading it's another thing but if it's on audiobook i will tear through that in a day but uh, it was funny because i actually i've heard him so many times on uh higher side chats and I know, has he been on tinfoil hat too? I can't remember I listen to so much shit and I talk to so many people now that they all, like I said, get kind of mashed together. I'm like, which person is this? But yeah, he was, he's awesome. He's definitely probably one of the most educated people we've had on, which sometimes can be, you know, a double-edged sword, but he, he had some, some amazing stuff to say. And I like his outlook on it. He's very analytical. He mentioned that he liked he his specialty is pouring over documents. I'm like, dude, I salute you because not everybody has time to pour over the actual documents, which is why I listen to shows from people who do that. You know, so he has this unique approach to, to actually do hard research and 
pour over these documents and then come up with an idea. So for the fact that somebody that's that educated and does actual research to have some of the exact same views we do kind of validated a lot of what's been going on. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm not that smart. Definitely not educated. I go on here and talk about wieners and stuff, but we had this guy on and he's saying the same shit we are. So I, I we're on the right path somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And, and that's what you said about the double-edged sword totally been there. You almost like, like I had, I don't, I don't even remember specifically which guest. Well, actually, yeah. Miguel Connor. I'm not afraid to say it. I felt really intimidated halfway through. Cause I'm like, Holy shit. You know, I don't think I'm prepared for this. You know, I didn't do the, I didn't do the research, you know, and I'm a, I'm an Aeon bite premium member. You know, I love listening to Aeon bite, but it is, it is different when you get into a conversation with someone who's as knowledgeable as a guy like Dr. Joseph Farrell or even Miguel Connor, you know, yep. you get taken into these, you know, lanes and there's so many things that get dropped that you're like, okay, which question do I ask now? Cause there's seven things that just got brought up that we can touch on, you know, but yeah, I'm excited to see how this all unfolds. You know, my question to you is, have you noticed, and we talked about synchronicities when I was on your show, but have you notice things start to like like a pattern is created in your show because i notice certain guest topics like little things they'll say will come back up in other episodes uh, with different guests totally unrelated oh yeah for sure and back to what you're saying about being intimidated with a guest i i feel that way almost every time just because i don't I don't really prepare. And that, that was our whole style is that we just have somebody on, talk to them, just have a conversation. So sometimes we have topics, most of the time not, and we just shoot from the hip and go. So I'm kind of, I'm always nervous about that just because I'm like, how am I going to keep the conversation going with this guy that I don't know? I've never met. And, he, and he's way smarter than me. He doesn't know our style. He doesn't know that we'll make jokes every now and again, and hopefully he gets them. And, you know, so, uh, I'm sorry. What was your question? I faded off there for a second. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah, no, you got to get that off your chest. I completely, yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> it's definitely a new skill to learn. But like you said, when you shoot from the hip, I found that you start to get a better aim the more you shoot from the hip, you know? So yeah, things, things change. But as this show has progressed, I guess my question fits into that. Have you noticed like a pattern emerge, maybe even a synchronistic pattern with the guests, certain things that come up over and over again throughout conversations that seemed to be unrelated? Yeah, definitely. And it's hard to kind of like catalog all of those. I, I need to actually get a you know, a journal or something, start writing some of the stuff down. Cause I know you're a big uh, noticer of things like that, like the synchronicities and I notice them, but I'm still at the point where I kind of pass them off as like, Oh, that's crazy. That shit just happened. You know, but it definitely happens a lot with some of the guests we have on where someone will say almost the exact same thing verbatim that somebody said, you know, three episodes ago, they don't know each other and they say the, you know, the exact same thing. And I'm like, okay, we're onto something here. We need to chase this little rabbit. Cause there's something to that. Mm. But I, uh, there, there's a lot of synchronicities around the, uh, the flat earth thing, because that, <laughs> that was one thing. I'm just like, these people are insane. What are you talking about? And then we had David Weiss on and I'm still not behind it. I still can't really get on board with the flat earth thing. Like I said, I'm, I'm more on board with Sam's idea that this is like a realm as he calls it. And uh, we had another guest on that kind of said the same thing, but in more of a sim theory idea, you know, like it's a, it's a pastel or a, what do you call it? a canvas and your brain kind of paints it the way it does as you go. So if it's a flat earth, the people who believe that, it'll be flat for them. And the people that believe it's a round earth, it's going to be round for them. And that's, it sounds like a whack job thing to say, but the more I, we study all these topics and have all these people on, I'm like, you know what? Fucking anything's possible. I don't know. The, the biggest thing I've learned is I don't fucking know. I don't know shit. I, I, I feel like I know less now. I mean, I know I know more, but I feel like I know less now because the world just got way bigger. So yeah, no, the more things you learn, the bigger your questions become. And that, that leads to even bigger answers that you realize you haven't found yet. Yeah. Yep. Sure. I think the, the shape of the earth debate topic is definitely not a point of interest, but I am interested in like why and how, and you know, like I've definitely gotten that question. Oh, are you a flat earther? Are you a round earther? <laughs> you know, from guests and, 
you know, I, I just try to give like the diplomatic, like not interested in the, you know, topic right now. Cause I think ultimately your point is like, yeah, it, what does it matter? You know, it, it, it's only, you know, what we perceive and almost like what that guest had told you, like, you're kind of creating it for yourself anyways with your belief. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. The flat- yeah, I don't really care about that. It, it, it was an interesting talk, but at the end of the day, I don't really care what shape the earth is. It doesn't really affect my life. I mean, maybe yeah. it does and we just don't know it does, but you know, there's a lot of other things we don't know that I'm more interested in. So I'll, I'll talk to those people too. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, it's definitely decisive to say the least, you know, I've had Alex Stein on uh, the show. He's probably the only flat earther I've had on the show, but yeah, I agree with Sam. I'm not married to the ball. I think there's a a realm component to this. And really my focus is more in like the multi-dimensional aspects of things, you know, there you go. Yeah. Now I know you've done shows on this, but uh, psychedelics, is this something that you've done a lot of in your life? Obviously growing up Christian, it probably wasn't, you know, encouraged at least when you were younger, but was there a moment when you started to explore that realm? Oh yeah. I love them. Love all of them. Well, I haven't tried all of them, so I can't say that, but I've tried enough uh, mushrooms and acid to know that there's something to it for sure. There's something you're touching when you at least when you take enough of it that really can't be explained just by you know a chemical interacting with your brain some people argue me on that all day that that's all it is but there's there's something to it i i was telling jen that there's no real good way to describe a trip like that to somebody especially a real deep spiritual trip because it's like describing a dream you know you you try to tell somebody your dream and it's like I can't really describe you were there and it looked like this and there was a dog, but that doesn't get the message across of what you felt in the dream, you know, and what was going on. You can't really describe it. So I always tell, uh, tell people that it's like describing a dream, but we allegedly had done way too much acid about two years ago and we're kind of caught off guard because we, we just thought it was a little bit and it was a lot. And that was an intense experience. But as far as when I started doing it, obviously we grew up thinking that all these drugs are bad and that they're all the same. You know, weed's the same as alcohol. Alcohol's the same as acid. Heroin's the same as meth. All these things are the same. They're all bad. They're the devil. And first thing, you know, cause it's a gateway drug. First thing I tried was uh, weed and then, well, actually I guess drinking was first, but weed. And then I think when I was about 19, I had my first real hardcore mushroom trip and that literally changed me for the rest of my life and not in a bad way. Like there was something that happened that very first time tripping really hard that just blew my mind open. And I don't even know how to explain it. Like I said, it's like a dream where something happened in that eight hour period that just changed the way I think. And I apparently I'm a dumb dumb, but apparently that's actually scientifically proven that it forges new neural pathways in your brain or does some crazy shit. I don't know the science lingo, but I believe it because I went through that. So, but ever since then, I took a fucking probably a decade off of doing anything like that and even quit smoking weed for a while. And cause I had a kid but you know, he got old enough to the point where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get paranoid if I smoke weed anymore. So I'm going to try that. And then I found a dude that had mushrooms and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't done these in so long. This is going to be awesome. And it was, of course. So I had about a two year stint with that where we did, we kind of microdosed. You ever experimented with microdosing? Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, Megan Cush was just on the show and she sent me a little care package of her psilovitabins, which is a microdosing regimen, these little pills of psilocybin. Yeah. Dude, there's a synchronicity right there. Just today, one of my listeners said, have you had Megan Cush on? I'm like, no, who's that? Dude, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. She's awesome. She won the Cannabis Cup 16 times with, with her bud and with her Cush Creams company. And now oh, she- damn, she's going to put me to sleep fast. <laughs> yeah, dude, she gave me the hookup. I won't go into all the details because it's allegedly, but yeah. she. Gave oh, of course. Yeah, hypothetically. But yeah, I'll hypothetically put you in touch with her. <laughs> That would be awesome. She sounded right up my alley and I, it kind of sounds familiar now, but it could just be the synchronicity thing. But yeah, just this morning, somebody asked me if I've had her on yet. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think I know who that is. He's like, oh, she's been on, you know, such and such shows. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, so, but the reason, you know, I brought her up is because you said micro dosing, right? So 
microdosing. Can we get into that? Yeah. When you've done. So the only thing I've microdosed is mushrooms just because I had a lot of them and I wasn't about to eat the whole bag. So I was like, you know what? I'll just start off with eating this little piece of a, a stem. See how that goes. Cause I didn't want to go for a full ride. You know, I'm like, I got shit to do today. I just want to try a little bit. And it works like it it put me in a better mood i was more like you know involved in what i was doing and it actually kind of gave me energy like drinking a cup of coffee or something but so we tried that out for a bit and i recently though i've found i, I they're not agreeing with me anymore so that just could be their sign to not do that anymore you know it's been fucking my stomach up and it's just kind of making me go to sleep now so which is really strange cuz i i love the shit out of them but if you listen to Terrence McKenna he said you know when you stop getting messages, you stop picking up the phone or however he said that. And I'm like, well, maybe it's, maybe I stopped getting messages. I don't know. Well, but the, I, I haven't microdosed LSD, but I've heard that that's a big Silicon Valley thing is to microdose LSD. And I'm a little scared to do that. Yeah, I don't trust the Silicon Valley folks. I mean, some of the things that I've heard about Burning Man and all that, I mean, it's definitely strange. We can get down some rabbit holes there, but synchronistically speaking i think megan kush can definitely at least uh, ask the right questions that might help you re you know understand better what's going on there i mean one of the things she recommended to me is to just try different points of the day when the you know microdosing see what works best for you maybe it's a, a matter of just doing it before bed if it makes you go to sleep and then maybe it'll have that effect in the morning. I don't know. I'm not a, a witch doctor. I'm not done with it. That's for sure. I, I, I still need to experiment with it, but I don't, I haven't done a hard, a good hard, like, you know, eight hour trip in a while. So I'm thinking that might be it. I just need to go balls of the wall and just eat a bunch of them and then see what happens. But the microdosing lately has not been, not been working with me. I don't know why, but it's just one of those things, you know, how about DMT? Cause I've recently had an opportunity allegedly to try that. And, uh, and I, I, not that I'm scared cause I've done acid, I've done mushrooms, you know, I'm not afraid of a psychedelic trip, but I almost feel like, do I need the spiritual revelation at this point in my life? Like I, like, I, do I need it right now? Everything's going great. Like, well, I should save it for when maybe I need it, you know? I don't know. That's one of those things that I'm actually legitimately not scared, just real apprehensive because I've heard so many stories of it. And I have friends that have tried it and almost, you know, 99% of the time, the people I know personally that have tried it, it's been unbelievable. And it's, you know, the trip of a lifetime. I really do want to do it in more of a, a sacramental kind of like, you know, not really religious, but like a, a sacrament, you know, like a, with a shaman that knows what he's doing and he's not going to try to fuck me while we're doing it, that kind of a thing. And apparently there's people that do that, but in my opinion. But I do want to try like kind of an ayahuasca ceremony or, you know, some real good toad. Like apparently toad DMT is amazing, but then there's the plant DMT too. And I've had the opportunity to get some. I knew a guy that's like, I have some, you know, 30 bucks or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that yet. I don't know if I'm actually there. Like, I don't know if my mental headspace could handle that. And Jen was kind of the same way. She's like, I'm not a good enough person to do this. I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's about that, but who knows? Like it freaks me out to know that for 10 minutes, I'm going to be blasted off into another world and not know what the fuck's going on. You know, it's different for everybody. Some people experience hell on DMT. You know, there, there are some scary stories where people are, do not have a fun time or they spend 10 years as a, as a sheet. Like I heard a story where one guy did a bunch of DMT and spent 10 years as a sheet snapped out of it. And it'd been 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but <laughs> The ayahuasca thing does interest me because I would love to sit around a drum circle. I'm kind of a hippie like that anyway. I'd love to sit around a drum circle and have some ayahuasca and just trip balls in the jungle. Sounds fucking awesome. But yeah. that's actually pretty expensive. I looked into it. It's about three grand a person. So yeah, no, it's not quite there. Like a tour. It, it seems like a tourism type thing. And especially if there's seedy shamans out there looking to get some ass. I mean, come on now. Be careful, folks. Don't go That's do what kind of scared me is uh, there's a lot of people from California going down to Peru to do ayahuasca. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You just ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you in California? Yeah. Far, far northern California. We're about okay. two hours from the Oregon border. So it's not NorCal as in San Francisco. Fuck that shithole. 
no offense to anybody, but we do not live in San Francisco. <laughs> you guys are like north of the Emerald Triangle, right? With that good bud. Directly across, yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Never. Uh, we've never had problems so. with good bud here. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Yeah, no. It, it, we get we get the scraps from Maine, Massachusetts, and New York City where I live. But uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a goal of mine to make it out there sooner than later. I might even be coming out there this summer, Joe, who knows? I know they're, they're having this really awesome festival up in Oregon, the Truthzilla guys. You hear about that? Oh yeah. We just talked about it on their, uh, truth, truth, a thon, their one year anniversary thing. He was talking about that. And he, uh, I think he just sent out a, a thing on the union telegram today too, about it. Yeah. And I, I've been talking to Jen. I'm like, Hey, it's the weekend after we get back from vacation. Like the timing couldn't be fucking worse, but I'm like, it's really not that far. It's like, uh, maybe like a seven, eight hour drive and we could you know, find a house sitter for the dog or something and make it up there. But I am bent on getting up there because I want to meet those guys. I want to meet you. I want to meet Lindsay Sharman. I want to meet all these people that we've talked to that we're, you know, internet friends with, but to see everybody in, in real life and hang out and maybe do a live show or something and smoke a blunt with you guys would be fucking awesome. Yeah, man. And that's, that's what I think this cooperative is really all about. And I'm happy to have you a part of it because I think podcasting live festivals, music, even they all fit together in this beautiful way, this community way, you know, something that's really resonating in this conversation is a community vibe, you know, going out. Oh, yeah. Festivals. I mean, I mentioned Burning Man, kind of like they took that and co opted it. Now you have all these rich, you know, people going to it. But really, what it's all about is decentralized, man, you know, like people getting together and throwing their own festivals, not sponsored by fucking Coca Cola or Pepsi or Google or any of this garbage, you know. Oh yeah. The, the burning man thing I was always interested in, but that was in my early twenties and I'm fucking old now, but uh, my early twenties, we always heard about burning man. I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Like I want to go there and hang out with a bunch of dirty, smelly hippies and do acid in the desert. That'd be awesome. And then the last couple of years I had a couple of friends that went and they're like, dude, it's, it's not the same anymore. It's, it's kind of, been co-opted you know like everything else and we, we i mean we're probably not that far away from doing our own kind of hippie commune like that i mean one of my friends wants to buy a plot of land in montana and have like four families that live on this plot of land and basically do that grow our own food you know it's communism the way communism actually works with a small group of people i always say that the communism works on a very small scale i mean my family in this house is it's a commune like the kids live here for free they eat for free we take care of them because we love them you know it works like a family so on a small scale that would work 320 350 million people doesn't work like that because you get too many shitheads in there but i would love to do something like that buy a big plot of land have people separated you know by two acres and just maybe once a week get together for a fucking mushroom ceremony that sounds awesome we'll live like tribal people they they're doing something right Right. Yeah. Homesteading, man. Synchronistically, yep. I was just talking about this and and a recent guest, Birch Driver, who if you haven't had him on your show yet, I think you would definitely be interested in talking to him. Birch is a really cool guy. Uh, I think he's also West Coast as well. But uh, Birch and I spoke about Buckminster Fuller and Buckminster Fuller was this really brilliant mathematician. But one of the theories he had that you brought to mind with what you just said was this theory of eight and how eight people make the most conducive team, right? So he applied this to yeah, like I've heard that, yeah. and businesses and things like that. And he was really popular among some of these multinational types because of his genius ideas. But yeah, I think you're right on the money there. It's like a commune. Yeah, it has all these negative connotations, but in practice, in a small way, that's what humans are meant to do. We live in Congress, in harmony with nature, with the land around us in a small way. And then in a, you know, more larger way, broader way, we exchange the valuable things that we create with people around us, you know, create that, extend that community out. And podcast is like a digital version of that. You know, you come to my show, you get my vibe and all the things that I talk about with my friends. You go to legit bat, you get that vibe. Let's create that in the real. Let's create that in the now where we have homesteads, we have festivals, we have this other structure 
And then this government that's constantly, you know, pulling some trick or the wool over our eyes with some propaganda, it won't matter because we can sustain ourselves. We don't need them anymore. I know. And we, as of last year, I mean, it was last year was a, a big wake up call to way more people. I, I wouldn't consider myself super awake. You know, most of my life, I'm kind of doing the drone American thing. I'm like, I need a job. I need, you know, a car and all this stuff. But the last year definitely was like, oh my God, we need to get chickens and plant a garden and dig a hole in the backyard for a bunker, not because of anything else, but besides, you know, food storage, of course, but it would, it would turn into a man cave. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> yeah, like you're saying though, I love the, the, I, I love the barter idea though. I, I always say I hate money, but everybody I owe it to fucking loves it. And I wish we could just get rid of that whole system. Like if I have a service or a product that you like, let's talk about it and you can give me, you know, a loaf of bread for my chicken eggs or, you know, I, I would love that. And it sounds so uh, caveman and archaic, but I think it worked a lot better. I think people were a lot happier when they did that too. Well, and you The know, money well, thing fucks everything. Yeah. And I, I, I hate to disagree with you in this way, but I do, I do agree with your overall sentiment, but I'll point out money is just a measurement of exchange value. And I think the reason why it has such a negative connotation to most people who are, if not awake, semi-awake, which I think you're more than semi-awake, Joe. Welcome to the club. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's obvious to us that money is associated with all of these things that are detrimental to the whole. But money as a concept is just a measurement of exchange value. So, yeah, there's no reason why we can't take that concept back you know, and, and, and do things like barter and do things like create our own currency. And I don't know, maybe not cryptocurrency, but it seems like some people are excited about becoming millionaires off of that. No, I don't disagree with you. Actually, I, I understand the the benefits and the and the, you know, the utility that money has. And it's, it's my own personal opinion. I just hate having to go do a job that I'm, I don't hate it, but I just, I'm not stoked about it. You know, I'd rather be doing this for a living, but you know, this is probably never going to pay the bills, but I, I just hate the idea that I have to send my kid to a government school so that I can go to work and pay for the shit that I come back home to at night for eight hours and then go back to work. You know, the whole, that whole cycle just drives me fucking nuts. And I know there's got to be a better way. And I, I'm not the one to come up with those ideas, but I, yeah, I definitely agree with you that it has its place. And I think it's just been so corrupted. Like that's a whole other rabbit trail too, without going too deep into the federal reserve and all that. That's a whole other thing. I think money got corrupted somewhere along the line around 20 or uh, 1913, you know, somewhere somebody fucked some shit up and it's not what it used to be. I think money used to be a lot more valuable. I mean, it used to be backed by gold or silver, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and this is kind of uh an all over the place conversation. Cause like I said, here's a chance for us to get to know each other a little better. And in the spirit of podcasting, you know, this is really an online friendship an extension of the real, you know, and, and oh, yeah. that's why I keep coming back to it. So I just want to encourage you to rephrase what you just said there, Joe. Be impeccable with your words, Joe. Instead of thinking this will never make me money or pay my bills, think, well, it's only a matter of time. Because that's what I truly believe, Joe. I really, truly believe that one day the people who are listening right now will take $5 out of their wallet once a month and throw it to the Patreon. My family thinks I'm crazy. Patreon, show us some love and get in with the family because there's a lot of cool content over there. How about you guys? Have you guys built anything like that? Have you started a Patreon yet? Now's your chance. Plug away, my friend. Yeah, we did. We started a Patreon more out of, I was like, oh, what do podcasters do? I don't know. They have Patreons. So I'll put one of those up. And we started one, I think back in February and we've got a couple people on there that blew me away too. I'm like, people are paying for extra episodes or, you know, just like we sent out stickers and stuff, stickers and keychains and whatever to all the, to all the patrons. And it was just my way of being like, thank you. I didn't think anyone ever would ever pay to hear me talk. That's fucking crazy. But we started the Patreon gratitude and generosity man I, I know i've been blown away but then there's the rockfin thing and that's that's been a slow roll just because i don't know what the fuck i'm doing but we have uh 
we we're starting to build an audience over there and we have a little bit of a uh, catalog there too. And we're trying to do exclusive stuff on Rockfin that people that pay to be there, you know, only have access to. So I'm still trying to figure out the lo logistics of all of this. Cause I, this is all new. This has all been learning and I've only been in it for a year. So if I'm going to try to make this a business, I'm like, I'm not a businessman. I got to start figuring some shit out here. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. That's the fun of it too. Is like, once you do figure it out and you got time for it, it it's like a part-time job that really is fulfilling. Cause you know, talking, like you said, it's fun. I don't know. I mean, for me, I feel like if I didn't have this outlet, I would just be convincing my family that I'm crazy rather than uh, <laughs> convincing them that I'm not. You know, now my family needs no convincing. <laughs> <laughs> now my family's like, wow, well, why are so many people listening to your show? Maybe you're not that crazy. <laughs> Yo, maybe you should listen to it mm. <laughs> yeah. oh it's funny my aunt actually just reached out to me like this she lives in texas so we're not really too close but she was like oh i love your show i just found it you know so that got me real pumped to find out my aunt listened to my show so i i did an episode with her on my patreon you know I'm trying to oh that's awesome exclusive stuff out there <laughs> So if you want to hear I, my aunt embarrass me and tell stories about when I'm a kid, then it. <laughs> I've been kind of uh, blown away by that too, is uh, people, kind of acquaintances that I run into from time to time that I happen to tell them about the podcast and six months later they come up and like, oh, I've caught up on your podcast. I'm all the way up to this episode. I'm like, I forgot I even told you about that. That's crazy. You, you're listening? Yeah, man. I don't think my family does. My family's not going to listen because, like I said, Christian, they don't really like the F word that much or how much we talk about balls and wieners. So I don't think they're going to be listening anytime soon, but it would be funny if they did. Yeah. Well, that's it, man. You got to live your truth and be yourself, you know, despite what anybody thinks. And if, if they vibe with you, they'll come along for the they'll come along for the party, you know, and that's what it's all about. Vibing with your tribe. I'm definitely looking forward to doing something in the real space pretty soon. I mean, I'm curious to know like live podcasting. What are your thoughts on that? Cause Sam, he's doing the 500th episode live. He's done plenty of tinfoil hats live. Would you ever do like a live legit bat podcast with you, Jen and Joe in front of an audience? Has that ever come across your mind? The opportunity hasn't presented itself, but it sounds fun, actually. I mean, right? why not? Like that, that seems like the logical next step once everybody takes their fucking masks off. I, I think that would be awesome. Like at the manifest event at the end of next month, I think it is. That would be awesome if we did a live show. I was talking to Scott about that and I'm like, we need to do a, a live show with everybody. I wasn't thinking live like in front of a crowd. I could do it though i it would be different i know there's a lot of podcasters that say it's wildly different we're so we're all so used to looking at our computers and talking into our mics you know that it it would be different to have an actual crowd participation and it might it might be painful but i think it would be fun too yeah i'm down whatever yeah. one of my favorite comedy podcasts legion of skanks they do it live every episode but they turn their back to the audience because they're like they're comedians so when they're facing the audience they're playing to the crowd when their backs turn they can focus on talking to each other instead of making the crowd laugh so yeah i think the dynamic is interesting but there's podcasts that do it obviously like sam you know he's a comedian so it makes sense they're like lore which is only story-based podcasts they went on a huge tour before covid and, and all sorts of people i'm sure bought tickets to go listen to that podcast live so i really think the future is in live podcasting i, I mean that it might could, be yeah you know the same way a band goes huge and tours you know with their album why can't a podcast get big and, and tour across the you know country in restaurants and comedy clubs i mean people come in and eat a nice meal and listen to a, a podcast why not <laughs> it makes sense because uh, that's the only way musicians are even making money now is live shows like this last year has been terrible for for musicians in general because there's so much pirating that goes on and you know you have your dedicated fans that are like no i'm gonna pay you i'm gonna pay you because i know you make money on it and i love you then there's 90% of everyone else that's just like, I can get this music for free. Why am I paying for it? But the live experience is way different. I've tried to explain this to my son. He's nine and he's, 
hit me in the dick to go to a, a live concert. And I'm like, dude, as soon as one comes available, I'm taking you. Cause it is a crazy experience. You will never forget. Like the live show experience is way different than listening on your headphones, you know? So I, I don't see why that wouldn't be an opportunity to do a tour of a live podcast, you know, and have audience interactions, toss a mic around, do whatever, but yeah. I'm down. I'm at this point, I'm down for whatever. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Are you a musician yourself? I noticed the the instruments behind you, but Oh, this is a this is a fake background, but I, <laughs> I do I do actually I have a drum so. set. Yeah, I <laughs> No, I do have a drum set and I have like in in the real life here I have about four guitars and a bass guitar. So I, I do play, but not near as much as I want to. I, I figured out I'm actually mildly better at doing podcasting than music but that's how i started in this space too was in knowing how to edit sound was doing music production and you know all like it just takes so much time and i have a wife and kids there's there's no way i could actually i mean there's no way i'm going to rephrase that for you i could do it it would just take a lot of dedication and probably like six months off my podcast. So Yeah. Well, there's always a reason for priorities, right? You need to have your priorities straight, but yeah, I mean, don't, don't, don't forget to be impeccable with your words, folks, because we create our reality with the things we tell ourselves, you know, even those things that feel like the truth sometimes are, are half truths that we're telling ourselves and, and creating a re reality we don't want. Cause I mean, honestly, I can't really play that many, you know, I played the drums and I played the violin when I was a kid. So my musical talents are probably like 3%. Uh, but that's I would, crazy. You look like a musician, dude. I thought you, I thought you like banged on drums or something. That's crazy. No, my, my friends are, but no, I'm, I'm purely a podcaster. And, and I would say, you know, if I did get into it, that would be my first thought is like, how can I learn how to play this music and fit it into my podcast? You know, cause it's just, I think this podcasting is more than just a conversation. It's a mixed media experience and it's ultra personal. Like when I listen to legit bat, I feel like I'm hanging with Joe, Jen and Ben. I'm your friends. I'm here. I'm part of it, you know, and obviously we've talked in the semi reel. So it's probably less strange for me to feel like you know, a friend when I'm listening to the show. But I know before I ever talk to Sam or before I ever talk to the Grimerica guys, I listened to their show like they were my buddies. Like, you know, oh, what's Graham going to say now? Like, you get to know people really well through listening oh, yeah. to their podcasts. And I think that's, you know, that's the future, right? COVID kind of put all this pressure on people. And what that did was it made a bunch of awesome podcasts. And here we go. Now we're getting back out into the real. Things are opening back up. People are starting to recognize their how they were fooled, I think, more and more. And then people I think so. who are fooled are, are holding fast to the mask. So be it, you know, choke yourself out if you really think it's <laughs> for you. You know, this is really what it is, you know. That's where I'm at. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. The the You feel a camaraderie with these shows that you've never even met. So I think that's what made it easier for me to reach out to people is because I'm like, I feel like I know you, so I know how to talk to you already so it, it was less intimidating like the first time we had grimerica on i was like i feel like i know you dudes already so let's just do this like you don't know me and that's gonna be weird for you but you're podcasters you'll figure it out you know? yeah yeah no they're definitely the brothers from the north they've been they've been real cool to me since i've met them but yeah definitely. love those guys Definitely cool to have them and you a part of the cooperative. For those who don't know, altmediaunited.com is the cooperative. And I'm pretty sure uh, by the time this episode comes out, Alt Media United will be live with its very own podcast. So the website's been up. I'm sure you know that. But, oh, yeah. you know, we, we really haven't pushed it much. But by the time this episode comes out, We'll be in the full swing of things. And I really hope that more podcasters come and join the party because that's what it's all about. Growing this thing, building a community and having the ability to make this your career, I think, is, is a real possibility. Because when I was an Amazon driver, I couldn't get through my day without podcasting. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are still doing jobs like that or not even just jobs, things around the house, things you know, on their days off where they really enjoy 
the benefits of podcasting. So yeah, man, don't underestimate it, dude. You're going to be, you're going to be doing legit bat full time, man. You just got to get in the swing of it. Hell yeah. Sounds good to me. Rather do that than what I'm doing now. Well, with that, tell the folks where they can follow up with you, obviously on rockfin.com first and foremost, but all the social, you know, plugs that you want to plug, go for it, my man. So apparently we learned from uh, Truthzilla, I guess they Googled us before we went on with them and we own Google. Apparently you type in legit bat podcast on Google and it's just us, which is cool. And there was one random like Japanese site or something. But so if you just Google legit bat, you'll probably find everything, but it's legit bat podcasts on Instagram. Same on Facebook. We got legitbat.com if you want to get a weird, what else we got? The Rockfin and then the patreon.com slash legitbatpodcast. I think that's about it. Everything's just the name. I mean, it's it's a unique name, so you probably won't have a problem finding it. Oh, yeah. No, great choice. I like it. I think you didn't notice my little swing of things joke, but, you know, maybe oh. <laughs> keep that in, the, in mind when you, you, you do your show. Anyways, folks. Thank you for listening to the show. Go show Joe some love, Jen and Ben as well. The other the two thirds of the legit bat podcast. And yeah, man, this has been fun. Glad to chop it up with you. And uh, with that folks, thanks for tuning in to the, my family thinks I'm crazy podcast. Have a good moment wherever you are in the now. Keep it flowing. Motherfuckers. It's a beautiful day to be alive. It's Monday. You're listening to My, My Family, Family Thinks, Thinks I'm Crazy, crazy. podcast. Instead, because Mark is bananas. Host Mark Palmer. Yes, you start. You start participating in the in the real, and it's not that the level or the intensity. Well, yeah, maybe it's the intensity because your awareness increases, so you're just sort of. Honestly, man, if they haven't figured it out yet, I don't know how much more time I have left. To be a conspiracy theorist now, it's like that you're the cool kid now. You know, shy away from Q because that's not cool. Podcast with your host, Mark Palmer. Palmer.